Well, hello, everyone. My name is Era. I'm part of the team at TamilCulture.com, and I'm the co-host for the Tamil Innovator Spotlight. And today, I'm excited to be chatting with the very famous, at least on social media, Danuska Supramaniam. I hope I got that correct. Um, Danuska, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. And, um, you know, I was going to introduce you, but I think it's better it comes from you. So why don't you tell the people, uh, for those of you that don't know her, um, who you are? Um, hey, everyone that is watching. My name is uh, Danuska. And I am a full-time content creator who focuses mainly on beauty, fashion, lifestyle content, um, mainly on Instagram and TikTok and whenever I feel like it, YouTube as well. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And, you know, I think for most people that, I, I know a lot of people have heard of you, but I think everyone's kind of seeing, not the finished product, but like, obviously you've done well. Uh, but I think a lot of what miss gets missed is that journey before. So, you know, how did you get to this, you know, to become a full-time influencer? Because I feel like it's a dream job for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, like, what did you do beforehand? And how did you start to make that transition to becoming, you know, what you do now, which is a full-time influencer? Yeah, it's crazy that you say dream job, because when I started, I didn't even know it was a job. So, um how I started I I was I graduated from university I think in like 2015 and for about two two and a half years I was working as like an administrative assistant just to kind of get my foot in the door in like the work field um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do because I graduated with a kin and psych degree so it was very unrelated to what I'm doing right now but um, I was honestly just working just to you know pay for bills and have money on hand and things like that so for me, I never had the intention of ever becoming an influencer. I didn't even know what it meant at that time. Um, and I think within the South Asian Tamil community, there weren't really many people at that time doing it. There was maybe like two or three. Um, when I started to do makeup, like as freelancing, like doing taking clients and things like that, um, my partner, Nadun, who's a videographer, he actually was pursuing his videography business at the same time. And so he kind of is the one that encouraged me to start um, pursuing um, uh, content creation or like at least create videos for YouTube. It was, he was kind of pushing me to do YouTube first. Um, and I was kind of very, it's weird because I'm an extrovert, but I'm also very camera shy. But then I also like being in front of the camera, but it's also a weird concept of like talking in front of the camera. So I just kind of always pushed it up, but he kind of forced me to drop an Instagram makeup tutorial on my birthday I think it was in 2018 and it it did really well in terms of numbers like um and there's a lot of people that were making comments like oh my god finally there's someone that is like my skin color uh you know recommending products that work for my skin color skin color so I was kind of like oh that's really weird I thought I was the only one that struggled finding foundation for my skin tone so that kind of encouraged me to continue posting content so for like the first year that I was doing it, um, I didn't really, I didn't get paid on Instagram or like through brands and stuff like that, because I also didn't even know that you could get paid. Um, I had no idea that that's how influencers were making money um, until the following year in 2019, when the first brand reached out to me with a partnership opportunity. And that's kind of how it was like a, a light bulb going off, like, oh, wow, this is how people make money. So that's kind of how I got started um, in terms of quitting my full-time job. Like 
I did quit that job and then pursue this. I didn't quit my job thinking, oh, I'm going to pursue content creation full time. I kind of quit it saying, I need a break from this type of nine to five life. I'm not really feeling like someone that wants to be managed by somebody else um, for now. And so I wanted to kind of see how my freelance business went first. That was kind of picking up. And so I kind of went with the flow and then this started picking up. And then I just kind of started doing both at the same time. When you say freelance, was that your the makeup business? Or? Yeah, um, I actually stopped taking clients as of last year just because social media is doing really well for me and it's taking up a lot of my time. So I actually don't do clients anymore. And is that something they'll just continue? Like you'll not continue with makeup and just focus on the social media side? I can't really say, I don't want to say no, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be doing clients anymore. Like I think for me, I, I love I love doing it on other people, but I, I feel like I've also lost a part of my social life, especially because you're giving up your weekends, a lot of your mornings um, doing clients. And I kind of, I want to say I kind of fell out of love with it because I felt like I was super stressed out and burnt out and it just was, the routine wasn't working for me. So I, I, I want to, I'm going to say I'm probably not going to continue doing clients for a long time at least. And so for, there's a kind of a lot to unpack there where, First of all, it's amazing that you started, you put your first video out in 2018 mm -hmm. and now it's 2022, four years, and you've kind of really blown up. Um, what do you think has been kind of the secret to um, you growing so fast and kind of getting all this attention from brands and, you know, partners like Sephora? Like, what do you think has been your secret sauce? Um, honestly, in terms of growing, I feel like my... The, the growth, the main growth or the exponential growth happened this past year in just a span of two months where I went from 60,000 followers to 200 and 200,000 followers. But um, I even prior to growing in numbers, I was getting great opportunities to work with brands. And I want to say it's my content and like the quality of my content or like how I make my content um, and how I create it. So I want to say, I want to say that's what kind of has given me success in this industry, like how, like the type of content that I create. Um, but I think it's also just being creative, being authentic, being yourself, um, and just continuing to be consistent with posting um, valuable content. I'm not going to say high quality content because quality is, is really important at the end of the day, because that is something that brands are looking for. But I find that now social media is very different. People look for uh, creators that are going to be very relatable to their audiences because that's when people are going to be very engaged. So you talked about like, you know, um, picking the right content and things like that. So I know with when you're writing content for like SEO or like YouTube, there's so many tools to kind of tell you here's kind of the hot trend or here's the kind of words to use. Mm -hmm. How do you do that with social media? Like, how do you know what kind of content will resonate with your audience or and also works for you? Like, how do you choose that? Honestly, I think it's trial and error. Um, for three years or prior to last year, I was kind of posting the same type of content where it was like makeup tutorials, um, occasionally fashion related posts. Like if I want like an outfit or something, I'd post it. Um, and a lot of my content was very uh, incorporated, like our culture in it, like it'd be cultural makeup tutorials or pictures and things like that. That did well for some time, but at the same time, I felt like in terms of growth, I was very, I was stuck for like a long period of time. Um, and for me, I don't know what it was. I think 
I just decide I'm like, you know, my content is great. It's great quality. And a lot of people are really, really liking it, but it's not, my page is not growing. Like I'm not grabbing another audience. It's just like South Asians. And I think for me, it's like, I wanted to expand in all, like I wanted all sorts of audiences to start following me. Um, so I think this past year I was like, you know what, I'm going to start focusing on posting reels. And I started to de develop an interest in creating transition reels. And um, my partner, he would kind of help me with that um, as well. And he really enjoys that too. And so that's where a lot of my audience started to come from and still come from um, was like, especially my transition reel. So I think for me, once I noticed that the first one started to pick up, I'm like, okay, it's picking up. Let me try another, let me try another. Everything just kept doing really, really well. So I'm just like, okay, so this is what people want to see. And it's also what's trending on social media right now. So I'm like, it's... It's a good idea. If you're looking to grow, it's a good idea to hop on what the trends are on social media. Yeah, your transition reels are like pretty crazy. And I think Nadeun probably enjoys them more than you do. He, he does. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he doesn't enjoy being in them. He helps, he enjoys like helping me create some, but yeah, it depends. Um, as a creator, so like, especially someone that's up and coming, how do you decide which platform? Because, you know, before it used to be Facebook, then it became Instagram. Obviously, TikTok's the thing now. But mm -hmm. I feel like social media platforms come and go. So how do you choose which ones to focus on? Or do you try to have a hand in each one? Because I noticed, obviously, you're big on Instagram, you're on TikTok, and you're also on YouTube. But mm -hmm. YouTube's kind of the older platform. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you make that decision? And where do you focus your time from a social media perspective? Honestly, I want to say I think it's a good idea to have a hand in all platforms that are you know relevant right now but at the same time it is obviously hard to focus on all at the same time if you can do it you should um, because there are benefits of being in all platforms you're you won't you really won't know who's watching you on which platform and what opportunities can come through what platform but I think also focusing on the one that's like really doing well at the moment my advice to people like I'm starting to post things on TikTok because TikTok is doing a little bit it's it's doing really well and I feel like TikTok was actually always doing well um but I would recommend people if they're trying to jump into social media they should be looking at TikTok and obviously Instagram as well got it <clears throat> and you talked about I should have mentioned it earlier but you made that transition from you had the freelancer business as a makeup artist and that was what you were doing after you quit your job while you were kind of delving in uh, being an influencer mm -hmm. so did you have some kind of like plan or like like say revenue goal of when you wanted to quit the makeup business to focus on social media or like how did you figure that out absolutely not I had no plan and I think that's just the person I am I'm, I'm the go with the flow type of girl um when I, I I was very fortunate to be living um under my parents roof when I quit my job which is why I felt like I could do that um I know a lot of people can't do that and they don't have that luxury of doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just lived at home. I quit my job. I stayed there. And then I, I once I started to see that I was earning money through my content creation and it was in combination with my freelance business, it was it was it was I mean, it was doing pretty well. But I never quit my freelance business until I was making enough in my content creation business um, to quit that but I had absolutely no plan. Um, I think for me, it's like, I saw how much I was earning the first year. I'm like, okay, my goal is to make either double that or triple that or whatever the following year. So it's just a goal like that. It's not like I have a specific number that I wanted to reach or whatever. Cause it, like I said, in the beginning, I really didn't know that you could be making money in this business. 
Um, and then by talking to people and networking and um, meeting people in the same industry and, and people who are open enough to share like what you can expect to earn in this industry, I was like, oh my God, okay, so this is what I could be earning. Let this be my target. So that's kind of how I'm kind of going with it right now. You mentioned like when you started, you were like that early trend of South Asian social media influencers. And now there's obviously more. Mm -hmm. How do you guys interact with each other? Is it is it kind of competitive or do you guys collaborate? Like how, how does that work? How do you view each other? Honestly, I'm if there's something that I really enjoy about our South Asian, especially like the Tamil girls, I do have a lot of um, uh, friends in like the in South Asian community as well. What I really love about everyone is that we're very supportive of each other. And honestly, I feel like if we're not, it would be really, really tough because I feel like of all communities, the South Asian or Tamil community, we get a lot of hate from people, um, from both men and women. So it's it's nice that everyone's very supportive of each other um, and very uplifting. And I think in this day and age, we need to be. Um, I'm not saying it's just our community, it's all communities too, but I find that it's, I, maybe because I'm, I'm biased and I'm, I'm Tamil. So I find that it's such an issue in our community. I hear that from all other, like I, we talk all the time. Like I, I connect with all other South Asian creators whenever I can, and everyone has the same problem. We get the same amount of hate. And the only people that really support them are the ones that are obviously creators or people that are the regular supporters that are always commenting and things like that. So, yeah. Do you think um, hate or like negative publicity is a bad thing though? Like in, in the world of social media and that Absolutely people not. talking about you. <laughs> I mean, it really depends. Like if you're someone that gets affected by um, negativity and what people say and all these trolls and what they say, if you're someone, if you let them affect your mental health then yeah, it's going to be detrimental to your health. But if you're someone like me, for example, like if people are hating and commenting on my page, like that's just going to boost my engagement. So by all means, go for it. Like I, I don't even, half the time I don't, I, I can't read some of my posts. If they go viral, I can't read every single comment. So I, I just, I don't even bother. I don't, I barely check my DMs for that reason now. So it's, it is what it is. That kind of ties into a question I had and maybe we kind of answered some of it, but being a social media influencer sounds good and it can be good, but mm -hmm. obviously just like any job, yeah. um, there's negative stuff associated. So like, what's something that maybe people don't know about being a social media influencer, other than what we just talked about, that is not as glamorous as, you know, maybe people think it is like a, a downside. Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on it. It's definitely the negativity and like the constant, um, yeah, just the constant negative things that you hear from not just people that you don't know, but also the people that you do know. Um, there's that, like from, for example, like in the beginning, my family didn't really understand what social media was. So for me being now, I'm, I mean, I'm 29 now, but when I started, I was about 20. 25 ish yeah so I was at an age where you know my parents would have expected me to have a full-time job that was well-paying and you know hopefully get married soon and it's like what do you why, like why are you always buying makeup why are there always packages coming here where are you where's your money why are you always at home why aren't you looking for a job there's like that constant pressure especially being a brown girl or a dumb girl so there is that that many people won't understand so a lot of us go through that but I, I'm, I'm the type of person that doesn't care what anyone thinks, including my parents and my family. So for me, it didn't really affect me, but I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are unable to pursue their passion because of, you know, the expectations that their family and society has for them, right? So another like downside, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, we kind of talked about it earlier is 
um, being a content creator myself, like on the podcast side, mm -hmm. just having to constantly create content regularly because it's this chicken and egg thing of you want to keep creating because it builds momentum, but also for your mental health, well-being, or just like time, mm -hmm. you might not have that capacity to do it all the time. So how do you push yourself in those moments when you're like, I'm tired, I don't want to do this, uh, to keep pushing yourself to create content and stick to some kind of schedule or whatever is needed to kind of keep that momentum going for you? Yeah, um, I've been burnt out quite a few times in my uh, journey as a content creator. Uh, create, um, creator, sorry. Um, sometimes they were really, really bad where I just didn't want to do anything. I've taken like weeks off of social media. This was very early on. And then sometimes I'll just take days off a week off, but it's, you just have to take a break. You just, you shouldn't be pushing yourself past what you, you're not able to do. Like it's, otherwise you're just going to be forcing out content that's not going to be good or valuable to your audience. Um, and that's also how, for example, I fell out of love with, you know, my freelance business. Cause I, in the beginning, when I started, I got excited that people wanted to book me and I would overbook myself. I would book six clients in a day to the point where I'd be sore and tired and couldn't even sleep at night because I'm so tired. Um, my body's tired, sorry. So it's, I guess you just have to, you just have to take breaks. I think breaks are okay. And I know social media sucks. Sometimes when you take breaks from social media, you're, it's going to affect your algorithm. It's going to affect your engagement, but what's the point of having an engagement when you don't have a proper mental health, right? So it's like, you kind of have to prioritize what's more important. And at the end of the day, your mental health always comes first or it should come first for some people obviously doesn't, but I mean, and if you're asking, how do you continue working? If you're feeling that way, I think it's just finding what motivates you, maybe trying something different. Um, for me, that's kind of what worked last year. Like I was very burnt out for doing the same thing over and over and not seeing results that I was getting so tired of it. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something different. And then that's when I kind of changed up my content strategy strategy and it started to work for me. And I started to enjoy it a lot more too. You talked about like that big, aha, like aha moment when you realize you can make money from what you're doing. I think you said a brand reached out to you. Yeah. So I guess you never realized you never did reach outs until that first reach out and I guess if you're allowed to share like who was that brand and like what was that opportunity that kind of gave you this idea that you could actually make a living out of it um so the first it was actually through an agency and the first brand it was for the brand it was Lancome um so that's when I was like oh my god like I was that this is how people get paid and I'm not gonna say it was looking back I'm like would I have taken that opportunity absolutely not because when I look at it I'm like I got I got paid in like pennies pretty much compared to what I get paid now but that's how you get your foot in the door like you have to say yes to opportunities that are not going to be that appealing at that time for me it was um and I'm not even afraid to say it. I got I got paid a hundred dollars for a post a hundred dollars to some people that are just starting it's like oh my god a hundred dollars let me take it especially if you're young and you're just and um which a lot of people are I find that um there's a lot of younger um girls and boys coming into content creation now that's going to look very appealing to you, but if that's not, you should get, be getting paid far more than a hundred dollars for a post. So, yeah. And then like, after that, did you start doing reach out on your own or did you just continue to get reach outs by brands and agencies? Uh, I, brands and agencies started to reach out to me. Yeah. I don't think in for a paid opportunity, I don't think that I've ever reached out to a brand um, for PR opportunities where like for their product um, gifting, I have reached out and sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes I'm not. 
Um, and I would encourage everyone who is trying, what, it doesn't matter what industry, whether it's a beauty, fashion, um, you know, cameras, whatever it is that you're doing, I would encourage you to reach out to any brand that you're interested in working with to see. Um, if you have something to offer, like if you have great content to offer and you have the engagement and a great audience that's very engaged, then like they're, they're going to see something in you to send it to you. So. So is like most of your revenue opportunities from brand posts or like do you, are there any other opportunities as a social media influencer to make money? Like, um, cause like there's a few that I follow that they do things like they launch their own products or services or some other stuff that can make money. Like what, is that something you do or do you have plans to do something like that as well? Yeah, I do have plans. Like in the beginning, like I did my freelancing. So that's one stream of income. I also did one-on-one -on -one classes where I was teaching makeup. Um, and I wanted to teach like makeup uh, um, for artists on their own models as well. Um, so that's another way. This is just for people that are into beauty, for example. And then working with brands. I know Instagram is also launching. I don't know if it's launched yet where you can make money on your reels and things like that. So there are other ways that are starting to come up um, for social media creators. So there's a lot of ways. Even TikTok has their TikTok fund. I don't know if it's available in Canada yet. Um, but yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways, like you mentioned, like if you have a product or service to sell, like for me, like I, I've been thinking, I'm like, oh, maybe I should teach a course on how to create transition videos. Like something as simple as that people are going to be interested in. You could sell a course and do really well with it. So. And I know you say you don't like to, like you kind of go with the flow, but I always like to ask the question. So where do you see yourself in like three to five years? Like you're on this path, you're on a great path. Um, but where do you ultimately want to be in three years? I know it's a hard question to answer, but yeah. No, I, every time I get asked this question, I always have a hard time because I'm, I'm like, I just, I kind of just like taking on opportunities that come my way rather than just kind of like envisioning my life to be a certain way. But I think I'll still be doing what I'm doing, but I also would like to have my own business of some sort. I am very interested in like the fashion industry. So whether it's my own clothing line or something like that, um, I would say that in maybe hopefully three years, but, um, or we're even having my own collaboration with a brand. So right now I work with brands to promote their products, but like having my own line with the brand would be also nice. Like that's something that I've, I've dreamt of. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm open to any opportunities that come my way that fit my, me and my personality. And yeah. How do you think about finances? Because again, I don't know if this is how it works, but most people when they work a job, every yeah. two weeks they get a paycheck versus mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, because that's what you are. Yeah. You're getting paid. You might get paid 10 grand here or two grand here. Yeah. And you got to kind of figure out how to manage your finances. So like, how do you do that? How do you think, well, how do you think um, about that? I'm terrible. I'm still figuring it all out. Um, it's, it is tough. It's, and especially with the way, um, I'm not sure if every industry is like this, but with social media specifically, when you're working with a brand, you don't necessarily get paid the moment you finish your work. You get paid or you don't get paid, like, like you said, bi-weekly. Some of these companies, they pay you within 30 days, some 60, some 90, some 120. So there are certain months where, you know, I have a whole chunk of money coming in and there are certain months where I have absolutely nothing coming in. So with this type of job, you really do have to budget and plan ahead. Um, otherwise you can run into a lot of trouble. Um, but yeah, it is, it is really, really hard. Um, I would definitely recommend getting an accountant, um, for anyone that's, uh, just self-employed in general, 
um, or even uh, a content creator. Um, I know there's not many that I know of uh, personally that specialize in like the content creation or are accountants for influencers. I mean, if anyone knows, please let me know. But um, I think finding someone that makes sense for what you do would be really, really beneficial for your finances. Got it. Um, with like, um, I guess your biggest deal, you can, I, I could be wrong about this, but Sephora seems to be like your big partner, especially recently. Yeah. It seems like you're a pretty strong relationship. Yeah. How did you go about building that relationship? Um, so my first ever partnership with Sephora was uh, two was it two years ago when I first uh, got on Sephora Squad. Um, so that's where my partnership with them first started. And then through Sephora Squad, I landed that uh, Diwali uh, campaign where they had my picture in the store or whatever. And then the following year, I guess because of my partnership and I'm, I'm going to assume I'm, I've never asked, I'm going to assume because I've, I was a good partner that they asked me to be a launch partner the following year. Um, and last year went really well. Um, I also landed that opportunity with my sister in the store um, across Canada. And so I think it's just being a good partner with them during the Sephora squad years that I've been working with them. Um, they may have just like the, their partners may have just recognized my name because obviously Sephora is this umbrella store. There's like so many brands that fall under it. Um, and so I guess my advice is if you have, if you do well with the brand and you know, the partnerships that you get with them, they're going to want to keep working with you. And so I think that's essentially what happened for me. And then this year I just landed the Times Square opportunity. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I've never asked them why they want to continue working with me, but it's, I always constantly hear, we love working with you and we value our relationship with you. We want to continue, we want to this, continue this partnership. So I think it's just the work that I've been doing for them. It's something that they've been appreciating. So, yeah. Is there a brand that you haven't worked with that would be like a dream, like say one or two brands? We'll put it out there and see what happens. Um, I'm going to say Nike, okay. um, just because I want to venture in that fashion, fashion side. Damn, this is hard. There's like so many brands that I would have wanted to. I, I mean, I've, all the brands that I've worked with so far are, were like dream brands. Like I just recently worked with Anastasia Beverly Hills, who I thought I would never, ever work with. So um, it's tough. And I, I guess I would say maybe Fenty Beauty. Yeah. Do you think that even though social media is like an international thing, like mm -hmm. what you produce people around the world see, do you mm -hmm. think living in Toronto, like do you think it could be more beneficial for you if you say lived in LA or New York or like, I don't know, London? Do you, do you think it's a disadvantage living in Toronto? Um, I wanted, I wanna say, I, you, uh, if you asked me this question like months ago, I would have said, yeah, it sucks living in Toronto for what we do. But now just from meeting people, um, a specific someone, she goes by Glamzilla and she lives in Toronto, which I didn't even know. She's literally living like the dream content creator life. Like she, she's an amazing content creator, produces such valuable content. She's killing it on TikTok and Instagram. And she's getting flown out to like, a different country and city every other week to be with brands and work with brands and whatever. So she's like the great, a great example of what can happen even if you live in Toronto. And I remember having, I met her in LA on a trip for a brand trip. And I had asked her, I'm like, how come you don't, why, what, why wouldn't you move to LA? And she's like, why do I need to move to LA when I can bring LA to me? 
And so I was just like, that was, wow. I'm like, that's some great piece of advice. So I, it really changed my perspective. I, I feel like every, all the content creation industry, it's, it's like booming in Toronto right now. And I feel like it's just going to get better and better and better. Um, especially for our uh, South Asian community. I feel like it's everyone's getting into it and people are doing really, really well. So I feel like there's a lot of attention coming to people in Toronto now too. So although I feel like you can get a lot of networking opportunities and meet a lot of people um, in this industry in LA, I'm sure there's far more there. I still think that you can get the same, if not just as good um, opportunities that people get over there. Yeah, I feel like the perception of Toronto changed. I mean, Drake started with kind of, you know, yeah. repping Toronto. And then even Toronto is a multicultural city. There's like, it's an international city. Yeah. Um, if you look at the current world, like how messed up it is, Toronto, Canada and Toronto is pretty good relative. So maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's like a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's watching this? Like maybe not now, but we'll watch this video. And they might be thinking about becoming a social media influencer something that you wish you knew or just piece of advice you'd give them as well? Um, I think it's, I think where a lot of people go wrong is, and myself, I'm speaking from experience. When you first are thinking of being a content creator, you're obviously looking at social media and you're being inspired by other people and like, oh, I want to do what they're doing. I think where a lot of people go wrong is they try to be another person. They try to do what the other person is doing. But I think it's, you have to be yourself on social media and create authentic content in order to do well. Like if you're trying to do what somebody else is doing, you're not, and I'm just, I'm just being honest. You're not going to go that far in life because what the, like, what is the purpose of, you know, you're, you're, there's only, there's one you for a reason and you're unique for a reason. And I think it's, you need to tap into your, you know, uniqueness and authenticity and your own creativity to create content that represents you as a person in order to do well. Cause that's what, that's what brands look for now. They look for, okay, what, what about this person do I like? Do I like their personality? Yes, okay, we're gonna take them. They're not looking for, okay, who, who looks like this person? I want this person to look like, like they're not looking for similar, similar people. They want people that are different and that stand out. So I, I guess that would be my advice. Try not, like, don't be anyone else, be yourself and you will do really, really well. It's really good advice. It's just really hard in this world we live in to kind of be individualistic. Yeah. For, for sure. Like, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, like there was obviously the first makeup artist somewhere, like people obviously were inspired by other people to do what they're doing, but it's just, you need to bring your own flavor to your work. Um, whatever that may be. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good way to kind of end off the session. Oh. Uh, thank you for jumping on lots of great insights. Uh, before we let you go, do you want to give a shout out to anything you're working on or just, you know, your, your channels or anything like that before we jump off? Um, well, yeah, if you, if anyone wants to find me, I'm on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at thenuska.s. And thank you guys so much for having me. This was um, a blast. And I hope people took something away from this uh, session or this video. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Um, again, this is Era from TamilCulture.com. Thank you guys for joining another session of the Tamil Innovator Spotlight with Tanuska. So thank you guys. Thank you.